even though this was many years ago, it was like. So are a, you walking around Kmart with your dick out too? <laughs> well, I don't touch my shirt at that point. Okay. All and right. it wasn't, I mean, I had. <laughs> Welcome, everyone that's not involved in this conversation and hasn't tuned out just yet. Uh, this is the underwear episode of Fairweather <laughs> Friends. Thank you for joining us. Uh, been, a, been a couple of weeks um, here again with with Mr. John Lloyd. Hello. Yellow. What, uh, how, how are you doing today? I'm good. Uh, the Seattle weather report is surprisingly sunny today, so I'm pumped. I'm fucking charged up to, to brighten my mood. Not quite as gloomy and cold today as it has been. It's been cool ish here. It's so it, we had like two hot days and so like nineties are hot for San Diego That is hot. and then went back down into, so we're, hovering like right in the mid to upper 60s for highs and so it's that the sun is warm mm-hmm. uh, but the breeze is cool and sure. so once the sun goes away it's cool so still i've said this many times i don't know how to dress and <laughs> it's like whatever whatever i decide to wear i'm gonna be uncomfortable at some point so yeah. either uncomfortable too hot or uncomfortable too cold so i usually overlayer. You've always been more conscious of your dress than I was. I remember, I remember prom, the one prom that I went to and that I was an absolute fucking downer at and just ruined that experience for, for my wife. She's still my wife, everybody. I dated her in high Aww. school. Uh, we dated in high school. We were not in college and then again after. So that's that. Um, you found absolutely your way ruined to her each fucking other. prom. I absolutely ruined her prom, and I didn't just because of my shitty attitude about the whole thing. That's definitely what ruined that. But I remember I didn't even bother going to get a tuxedo. I had to go to you to borrow <laughs> your tuxedo, <laughs> which, which was, was too big for me. And I also borrowed your cool water because I didn't know that you know. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> just I'm not a cologne guy. I didn't know what I was doing. What a fucking mess. Um. So oh, yeah, yeah there's, there's still pictures of me in your tuxedo <laughs> that you had for band, which right because that was my great. uniform. That was my drum major yeah. uniform. But throughout high school, you were always a better dresser. Like you just had more of a of a a sense of refinement. I don't know if that's exactly the one word I want to use for fucking fifteen year olds. But no, I was still worried about what people thought, and that I had to, you know, project a certain image. That's all that was about. I get that, but I don't I definitely care. I mean, get that. But you also <laughs> took more care. Like, no, it's more. I think refinement is it. It wasn't necessarily just the style. It was the fact that you cared for things. I would sit in a puddle of mud and then stand up and continue to walk around, like it wasn't the end of the world. Well, fuck it, I got dirt on me. I guess I'm just going to be a dirty person today. But today, my <laughs> image is a different kind of scumbag. Um, you always had more of a refinement, and I appreciated that. Um, it taught me a little bit about not being an absolute fucking 
rat and oh. uh, and take showers isn't that good i'm a big boy and you know <laughs> i think i that, needed inspiration for that apparently that's what kind of a dirtbag i am that that whole thing was perpetuated by my by my mom i think because uh you know i think i think what that was is that and this is you know i don't know i haven't talked to her about this but um just guessing what i've been able to put together about how she felt about uh just existing in society that it's it comes from a place of well you don't have much to impress with so you have to Mm. you know to be perceived and taken seriously you know you need to look clean you need to comb Mm -hmm. your hair you need to sure you know be dressed and smell fresh and as in terms of like the cologne you know the the simple like teenage uh cis heterosexual boy thing is just like all it takes is one one girl that you you're slightly interested in to say like "Ooh, i like cool water and then you're (laughs) like oh shit that's the that's the the more the better (laughs) that's it yeah, um, I, well, it was the only because I was so my mother would have wanted to have used that kind of language to convey that message to me, but was unca- it was not capable of realizing what she wanted. And fuck that. My point is, um, you picked up on it, and I'm not saying that I'm not saying that being like overly fastidious is something that people should strive for. It's not that. Right. But my response to my mother's fucking craziness was to be dirtier and grosser and more disgusting mm-hmm. and revel in the idea that my mother would be having a heart attack because you look like you're homeless. And I'm like, yeah, well, <laughs> fuck you. Is and I like punk rock. <laughs> right. I, I have nothing. I have nothing of substance. I just don't like you and I don't want to hear what you're saying to me mm-hmm. right now. So I didn't. I willfully held withheld the idea that your mom's right. I probably would be taken more seriously if I combed my hair. So I started combing my hair. I I realized that my what I was doing was definitely reactionary. I knew what I was doing. But I, I did. It's not flattery. I really did learn that you could actually care for your pants. Your pants don't have to be kept in a pile. They can be folded. And look it, you can turn it into a ritual. And then it can become one of your fucking weirdo rituals that you do every day for soothing, right? Mm-hmm. And that... So yeah, you were an inspiration to at least clean my fucking act up and not look for um, negative reactions to the fact that I hadn't washed my hair in like a week. Well, we don't, you know, that we don't really need to, right? I mean, that's, that's a proven scientific fact. Something about that. Like you're not ever supposed to take a bath now. (laughs) I think it was something like that. (laughs) Something like that. Teach me out. don't ever do, dress do. your wounds. <laughs> don't ever clean and dress your wounds. Uh, just leave them to, open. I just start to feel real weird about the fact that I'm so. I like if I can't take a shower in the day, I start to feel really uncomfortable with stuff. Like, I, again, I'm not suggesting that I should, uh, you know, like go live out in the woods forever. Uh, I'm not going to that extreme, but I do think it would be probably good for me to be more comfortable with just being a little bit more like an animal and not quite so like obsessed with being a, a human being yeah a robotic person that washes everything all of the time right. we must cleanse ourselves with 
solid animal fat and water here on Earth Capital. <laughs> is it still made with fat? Or is it I still don't made know. with fat? I hope <laughs> That's not. That's what they glycerin is, isn't it? I don't know. Let's ask. Is it? Let's ask. Oh, uh, what's his name? Yeah, from there's got to be a database somewhere. Something uh, that Al Gore made. Um, <laughs> well, it's all uh, of the, all of the wealth of human knowledge. Archived. The truth is that soaps are still made from animal fats. <laughs> um, so big news happened to me yesterday. I felt my second of what was confirmed as an actual earthquake here in San Diego. Holy moly. Uh, actually, it wasn't here. It was it was uh, it was a little a little guy, uh, a four point sixer at uh, I think. The epicenter was somewhere around Ensenada, Mexico, but oh. I was uh, I was uh, sitting on my couch watching um, Our Flag Means Death, which is a fantastic show if you haven't seen it yet. I have. <laughs> um, and uh, I was um, sitting on the couch like crisscross applesauce style, <laughs> you know, I'm not going to use the what, you know, the way we described it growing up. No, yeah, I, I, I like, though, that you're not. Apparent, and you're going to call it crisscross applesauce. <laughs> yeah, educate. It's like it's pretty great. <laughs> that's how I explain to fold things is yeah, hamburger it's style, cute. hot dog style, that kind of stuff. <laughs> um, and um, so my my door creaks. It's an old house. It's a hundred mm-hmm. years old, so things creak. And uh, sometimes the wind's been a little strong, and so I'll hear like the door. It's closed and locked, but it'll still creak a little bit. But mm-hmm. it creaked like four or five times in rapid succession, like pretty loudly. And then I was like, what the fuck? Um, almost like someone was pushing on it. And mm-hmm. then sitting on the couch, I felt like a rumbling on the floorboards because I've like the original hardwoods there okay. for, I don't know, a couple of seconds. It wasn't, again, it wasn't like, oh no, what's going on? Um, if I had anything hanging on the walls, <laughs> um, yeah. I don't, I didn't see anything like that, but, uh, but it definitely felt it. And I was like, well, what the fuck? And uh, I was, I'd been texting a friend and they said, they asked, Oh, did you just feel that? And I was like, Oh, so it's a little, it's a little weird, I, you know, cause we're not, I've never, we're not I've used never to that. Felt it. I've never felt it. There hasn't been an earthquake here since I really? lived here 20 years, almost 20 years. Um, yeah, 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. It's nuts. I Times. and I it's there's going to be one and it's going to be huge and I don't know what this is like it doesn't sound like I growing up I remember always hearing from my dad that you know you know he'd say Johnny a good thing about El Paso is you ain't got none of them natural disasters you're not gonna be any hurricanes you ain't gonna get any goddamn tornadoes and they ain't gonna get any earthquakes and he was always talking about that and um, a lot as a kid I don't know what his thing with natural disasters was. But it really stuck in my head. So when we moved up here for 20 years, I keep thinking, when's the earthquake happening? I don't think mm-hmm. anybody thinks about it out here. Um, no. I don't think about it every day, but I think about it a lot. Uh, it's not like impairing my life, but it's probably not. There's no reason for me to think about earthquakes every day. I know. So uh, the first one I actually have to live through, I'm going to, it's going to be a moment. I'll call you up and let you know how it was. <laughs> well, we have to, do you have to do drills? Like, do you have, uh, I mean, when we were in the office, there's, there's a day, I think it's in October. It's like the, like the great American shakeout or something like that. And at 
at a certain time during the day, like everyone across the state that conducts an earthquake drill. So like they come on, oh, thing, they're like, all right, everyone take shelter and you're supposed to get under your desk and then hide out there. And then they give you the all clear and you're supposed to leave in an order, just like fire drills like we used to have in, in, yeah. in shul. Um, oh, they definitely don't do that here. I don't think my kids have had earthquake drills in school. I don't have a real job. So, right. uh, you know, I don't have an, I don't have coworkers. Um, when I did, uh, for a brief period, um, I don't remember any, it was only there for a few months, but I don't remember there being any discussion about what to do in case of an earthquake. And we're, that office was in, um, kind of the historic downtown that mm-hmm. the South part of downtown Seattle, the historic area that has a long history of being fucked up from earthquakes. You'd think it would come up, but I don't think anyone brought it up there. This is why I think I think I think about earthquakes way more than normal people do, and it's not healthy. <laughs> well, I think so far, knock on. Let me find actual wood, not this IKEA desk. Mm-hmm. Um, is that you know that the two that I felt have been relatively minor? It was almost like what was that? Um, so far, like it's been far more terrifying. The two actual tornado warnings that that uh that i experienced in austin oh yeah yeah that would uh, be scary and uh yeah that that was and oddly enough i don't think we ever did tornado drills there we just did fire drills but uh yeah i think tornadoes you're just supposed to you're supposed to put as many walls between yourself and the outside as possible so they tell you yeah. to like go pretty much just go <laughs> Go in the bed, uh, go in the yeah. bathroom, uh, get yeah. in the tub, and then put something like a mattress over you if you can do it. Fucking natural disasters. I know. What a mess. I mean, they're everywhere. We're really lucky that we God's don't have... God's temper tantrums. I'm really glad that we don't have um, insane weather up here. The weather is either clear and sunny or it's just cloudy and a light drizzle all day, mm-hmm. all the time. Um, so we don't have big, massive... Stuff except for the earthquakes. Um, I guess it, we could suffer from tsunami fucking headaches because yeah. of Puget Sound. We get a couple of those every once in a while. I don't live close enough to the water for me to worry that, and I live on the other side of the hill that is, that where I'm at in Seattle is a, a big hill, and I'm on the east side of that hill, and the water to, to the west side of it. Hmm. So I don't think that I actually have anything to worry about in that regard. I guess we're at the top of the first hill, which would be Hillcrest. Maybe the second hill. I don't know. It's it's weird. I don't understand geography. <laughs> Science teacher. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't it doesn't matter. I, I, I took a geography course, but I dropped it. You know, halfway through because <clears throat> that's supposed to be a. Um, I mean, that's an easy credit, right? You would you think take you take it because the pretty much past year right well um i i took a i'm sorry geol i meant geology <laughs> oh geology oh shit uh, uh, yeah, that's a real a, thing yeah, I, geography i think is a is a gimme class yeah geology well, would not be i did take a uh, a geography class and and i almost dropped it but i'm glad i didn't because it was it was it was a lower level like a lower division class but it was more cultural geography so about like the whys and oh. hows of people movement and and all that stuff so it wasn't oh that's cool you know like 
coloring, you know, Kazakhstan <laughs> on a map or something like that. It was, it was, uh, States. yeah. And so there's a lot of, uh, a lot of, uh, you know, reading and, and just, you know, understanding why, um, you know, like I said, like people, people move like to people where they move to. And, That's pretty cool. Uh, that would be an inter- of, that would be a, an interesting subject, I would imagine. I remember reading Silent Spring um, by Carson Johnny Daly. No, just <laughs> fucking that was great. Way to one up me. That was awesome. Rachel Carson. <laughs> okay. Oh God! Everyone hates us. No. Who could? Who could? That was amazing. Um, what else? What else has been big news? Have you have you seen Denny's Endless Breakfast? Denny's Endless Breakfast. I have yes. not. Tell no, me about so this. for six ninety nine, uh, you get endless unlimited uh, cheesy eggs, hash browns, and pancakes. Jesus Christ, man! For seven dollars? Yeah, eight ninety nine in some markets. <laughs> Fuck! <laughs> like, sorry, Tennessee. No, it's probably like Alaska. Or I'm sure Hawaii. that's. No, I'll bet you that's in New York and LA. Probably, yeah. They they get charged more. San Francisco. Um, that's insane. I do. We don't value anything anymore. Even the like the very thing. <laughs> that keeps us fueled and going is just just as much as you can for as little as possible. I just feel like there's no value. Look, that having been said, I'd fucking eat that breakfast. And I'd probably have thirds. Like I'm not holier than thou, completely holier than thou. But also, six bucks for an endless plate of food. That reminds me of fucking CeCe's Pizza, all those pizza buffets. Oh yeah. Man, I've always said uh, if you want a, a real world understanding of of white male privilege, uh, watch one at a pizza buffet, like watch a, <laughs> a, a white male at a pizza buffet and you'll understand because they're they are literally the worst. Like you'll walk in and they'll be. You know, maybe, uh, you know, sometimes they're a little behind and so they don't have pizzas out and there's maybe you know, three or four slices mm-hmm. left and there's maybe two other people in the place. They'll take all three or four. All of it. Yeah. All of it. All of it. It's mine. Everything I see is mine. And then, uh, you know, ask for like the weirdest shit. Um, do you have any, uh, anchovy pineapple and, uh, chocolate sauce? Can you get one of those out here? Oh, can you just and fucking so- spit in my mouth? Can I pay you $6 to spit in my mouth endlessly? Fucking, I don't know where that came from. So gross. The idea of, of fucking chocolate sauce and anchovies and pineapple. That was gross, dude. <laughs> yeah. Or just like cheese. Just plain cheese. All of it. I want all of the cheese pizza. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. I remember, um, I remember when I would go to, especially in Austin. What was the one in Austin? It wasn't CC's. It, it was... Um, Double Dave's? Double the Dave's. With the pepperoni rolls? Yes. Oh, Double Dave's. Yeah. I just remember seeing people like with peacock 
chat like they're popping their chest out like mm-hmm. walking up to it just all of the slices and mm-hmm. piles of them and i remember thinking well i mean i want some too but I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to be a beta about this and just say okay i guess i'll have soy, soy boy fucking, beta cuck <laughs> i'll have the veggie deluxe that's over there that i don't really want but that guy took all of the things i wanted <laughs> veggie deluxe. <laughs> <laughs> not the and not the one with hamburger meat. <laughs> the the, old, the, the really pizza. old pepperoni. That was uh, <laughs> that was like Peter Piper. Because you I know that Peter someone Piper. would always someone would always get the you know like the fresh ones, and then you'd have that weird like really old like deep dish cheese yeah. and ham one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like oh, I uh, well, 100%. I love fucking Peter Piper pizza. There's just something them about as a sponsor. Are they still around? Is that still a thing? Um, in El Paso, yeah, I think so. Uh, oh. there's, <laughs> I lo- I didn't actually go to it, but I looked. There's one here in San Diego. Um, Is it really? And it's actually, I think it's in National City, um, which you know tells you something about the demographics of National City. Sure. <laughs> I think you know what I mean. Yeah, you got the 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 spillover from uh, Orange County. Like that kind of conservative? No, 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 no. Uh, um, more like the think of like it's it's not it's diverse but non inclusive. But that's yeah. where um, it has a high percentage of um, of Latinx and oh. um, Asian not American. Not where I thought you were going. Not yeah. at all where I thought you were going. No. I I thought this was either going to be um, like an ultra conservative wealthy spot or an ultra conservative uh, no. uh, poverty stricken town, white town. Yeah. Um, no, that's why. I mean, I think that's why it was so successful in El Paso because you know the um, us Mexican Americans love uh, some Peter Piper pizza. Now, now I see where you were going with that. Yeah, a hundred percent because it's the fucking best. I love Peter Piper pizza. Yeah, now I see where you were going at. I, I definitely, no, I'm not surprised that it's over there, and I'm sure it's thriving. Man, I wish we had a Peter Piper up here. Well, they're trying to pull up the the menu, and it just says, "Sorry, <laughs> we're not serving food these days." We're not. <laughs> um, is it just an arcade now? Probably. <laughs> Oh no, it's still open now. Open now. I'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> now there was just something about. I mean, of course, you know, it was a a, a post um, football game band oh, yeah. destination. I'm sure you right. have. We we don't have to get into some of the um, antics that ensued there, but uh, like pizza on my face. <laughs> That we didn't have to, we can if you want. <laughs> It'll, we'll address it in a future episode. <laughs> John Lloyd's constant debasement of himself. <laughs> but, you know, I wonder what's maybe the one of the worst um, shifts possible for uh, someone in customer service that works, you know, like food or like a pizza place like that. 
And I'm guessing like the Friday, that yeah, Friday right night after, after, high, after a football right after game, football, high school 100%. football game is probably one of the worst. It's bad. It's or, bad. I mean, I don't know. I mean, because they also had, you know, all those kid birthday parties. So it was like Saturday morning, afternoon. It's all a nightmare. That's a good point. It was all the a nightmare. Whole, that just sounds like a fucking terrible experience. People still, do people have kid parties anymore? I'm a parent. I don't really have kid parties like that anymore. People go to McDonald's. Um, <laughs> like play structure at McDonald's. McDonald's don't even have those anymore. They, I think they do. I don't know. I, I know they're all closed off for COVID, but I don't know if they've reopened those because, you know, COVID's, COVID's gone now, right? Oh, I um, yeah. I remember that McDonald's on Montana in El Paso had that mm-hmm. party room that was that mm-hmm. weird basement. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, hey, kids, come down here for your birthday fun. <laughs> you know the, the <laughs> follow Mouse the clown down into daylighting from McDonald's, moonlighting, <laughs> daylighting. Jesus Christ! Um, you remember the trolley, the McDonald's that had the train car? Oh yeah, that's uh was on Yarbrough, right? Yarbrough. Um, <laughs> could you actually get into it? Yeah, but was it like a? There. Was it a venue like a space? Yeah, or was it, it was. Just... It was. Uh, I remember being thoroughly dissatisfied, unsatisfied. Yeah, because it, it, it's a train car and it's painted all red, and it looks like it would be fun. I think I was fucking five years old or something, uh, something like that. And I don't know. I guess I thought it would be fun, and it's really just like bench seating on both sides of the train car. Was all oh. it was. So you just got to sit into that with no air conditioning <laughs> and have people bring you hamburgers <laughs> and, and it's to, there's an aisle between these like two seater or four seater. Um, um, what's the word? Oh, benches like booths. Right. Yeah. And so the kids are just constantly climbing on top of each other. I remember it, oh. it feeling like I was part of some fucking amoeba <laughs> soup. I was just some cell in a fucking petri dish with another one climbing on top of me and another one pressing it against my back while I just sat on <laughs> the bench and said, it's my birthday. Hooray. Well, Burger Kings <laughs> was just a, a freight train box car. That just, uh, you know, didn't even have seats inside. I think there's a hobo that still lived in there. That was cool. their potty train. <laughs> Pot, potty train. Um, yeah. I, it's funny. I'm a parent and I, don't, I never think about taking my kids to a thing. Uh, like that. I didn't like those experiences. I don't think, I know my son wouldn't like them. Um, I think my daughter might have enjoyed something like that, but it never comes up. So I, think I, I, I don't only... know what parents these days outside of like my, um, you know, limited uh, social circle of parents. Uh, I don't know what they do. I, I know I was um, prone to the Me Too-ism in a couple of instances. So I know I had, I think I had one at a, at a Peter Piper pizza, but mm-hmm. I only, I'd only invited like the guest list was very exclusive and small. Uh, I.e. I didn't have a lot of friends, but uh, <laughs> so I think it was only like five or six kids. And so it wasn't, it wasn't too bad, but it's still, it's still a shit show because you know, you're not the only, you're not the only rodeo going on at that time. I mean, it's, right. there's other birthday parties and, um, I'm trying to think of where else I want to say, did I have one at Farrell's? Remember Farrell's in the, oh. in the mall, the ice cream 
Like the Phineas oh, Butterfat. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> the fucking old-timey place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Fuck. Forgot about that. What was it called? Ferrell's? Ferrell's. Man. It was like Ferrell's ice cream par, you know, an ease at the end of everything. Like Ferrell's <laughs> icy, creamy, parlory, you know, whatever. <laughs> right, right. Because it's <laughs> old-timey. Yeah. Right. Um, what a... Man, I haven't thought about that in a fucking long time. I had, uh, I did as an adult, uh, have friends join me at Peter Piper one time for a birthday and we just, we just ordered an adult birthday party. Yes. Cause you know, you can get beer by the pitcher there. Of course. So yeah, we yeah, just yeah. got a ton of pitchers and, and pizza. And I mean, I guess you just watch whatever football game is on, on that screen simultaneously. It's like going to the sports bar. But, you know, with children running around you, you can be... It's, it's kind of like a Hooters in El Paso, too. You know, mm-hmm. children, <laughs> exactly. pitchers of exactly. beer. Fuck. Go for the wings, bro. Fuck. <laughs> I would have... What a wild place El Paso is. Isn't it? Yeah. There was a somebody that we went to high school with. I can't remember who it was. And I remember her saying that, yeah, we go there on the weekends. My dad likes to eat there. Yeah, <laughs> Hooters specifically, and I remember thinking, I, "There's so much dissonance here. I can't quite understand." And that's funny that I've like blocked out who that was because this seems like something I would remember who told me this because it seems wild to me. I I had a uh, I'm bring my children to leer. I'm gonna teach my kids how to leer. I had a coworker who later, I mean, we were friends, and he later became my neighbor, so we hung out quite a bit. Um. But he, uh, for a work lunch, he was like, hey, let's go grab something for lunch. And then he he drove me to Hooters. For <laughs> Good for you. I was like, uh, you got a chance to go. Uh, he's like, I oh, remember, yeah, I, I meet, I meet, um, I meet clients here all the time. <laughs> like, of course I had, you do. Uh, <laughs> I interacted with a couple of people that said that they like to do um, work lunches at uh, Twin Peaks. Yep. And I, I just, I didn't know what Twin Peaks was, uh, and then uh, I just thought it was—I thought it was a fucking David Lynch thing or something. So I, like, I said, "If it was like, that, that would be amazing." <laughs> I said, "Is there a Twin Peaks themed restaurant?" And he goes, well, "It's like the new Hooters." And I said, "Oh, Twin Peaks. Okay, I'm not uh, smart. So I'm really stupid." Um, yeah, and I remember. I didn't. He wasn't inviting me to it. He was just telling me he'd like to go there. And then I ended a, up looking like the absolute most fucking beta of all men. Like, soy like boy. the TV show. That soy boy fantastic. beta cuck. Yeah. No, dude, I like to go look at tits there. Yeah. Oh, I'll bet that's fun for you. Yeah. Thanks for talking to me today, sir. Um, Please don't dump your oil down the drain. Yeah, that... uh. I don't know. I guess from what I so there there are a lot of places like that. Um, there's also like a some something with a kilt in the name. I don't know, uh, but just kind of what I've noticed about El Paso, even something even one with of a the, kilt in it. I'm trying to process what that means. Yeah, like the name. So it's like the oh. the staff wears like the super short kilts, like kilt skirts things. Oh, so it's it's not like the female. I thought you were getting it that it was like the female version of it. Oh. Just big big bears with some swinging meat, no underwear. <laughs> no, but there's a the old uh, Amy Schumer 
show she has a uh there's a sketch uh where they they have a male version of that called <laughs> oh nutters, oh, nutters. <laughs> and uh uh the the male servers are dressed in like you know tight sure like uh unitards mm-hmm. and i i want to say the guy that plays jammy jam from parks and rec is is the <laughs> server and they're of course you know objectifying him and and doing all that's supposed to be you know commentary and whatnot but i don't know like i was just noticing about i guess that's true with a lot of places but so one of the places i used to hang out bar wise in el paso was more of a like a neighborhood bar spot it, we've talked about it before but it was bought Which by a Which new owner you... uh acetunas acetunas that's right that's right and it was purchased by a new owner and like the owner has another establishment on the east side and another establishment another establishment right um the uh you know they always post stuff on social media like their specials and all that but they they feature their staff and they're all like young you know yeah scantily clad whatever like that's the uniform and yeah um, it's kind of the el paso formula too for getting people in the door there's a oh that i totally forgot about this but i came across um it was uh, like a, a wanted ad, a job announcement for <laughs> four, four twin. I think it was for that Twin Peaks place, and mm-hmm. it was it was um, it was framed in like you know now now holding auditions for all staff, and it went through this whole list like you know you, you have a chance to become the the you know premier establishment for blah 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 blah. You're expected to keep you know, your like very specific, like your, your stomach tight and your, you oh, know, okay. all that other kind of shit. And, um, it's like, if you can't commit to taking care of yourself and don't bother applying like that kind of yeah. crap. And I was just like, Oh my God, this is, this I, is the worst. I could say I've never s- set foot in one of those. So I, yeah, that sounds fucking gnarly uh yeah it's all bad fucking humans are terrible that especially when you consider i don't know who goes to to twin peaks so i probably shouldn't like it's normal big broad uh, generalizations but it's normalized so a lot of people go there i mean you know because it's like oh well you know whatever it's just a place or you know oh the girls voluntarily work there Right. Or oh, they probably get the tips. They yeah, do it for the course. tips, and it's like that. Well, the type of there's a lot of simple justifications. There. That's <laughs> a lot of simple justifications for it. I don't know. I fucking I can't speak to any of this shit. I fucking I don't like anything. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> I don't like that. I don't have the words to to explain why I don't like that without sounding like. Um, I don't know, like I'm a holier than thou, uh, flawless, whatever the fuck, because I'm not. But yeah, I don't have the words to describe why I don't like any of it, but I don't like anything. How about that? That's how I'll fuck it. That, those are the words I have. I don't like anything. That in particular well, bums me out. I, I, you know, that, that's, that's definitely a, a bigger argument. I think the whole thing that I've realized is, is, that 
like I mentioned before, it's just, it's all normalization. I mean, it's all part of the rape culture, right? And so, you know, regardless of how innocuous it may seem, oh, it's just a place, it's just this and that. It's just the fact that it's so normalized and that's, it. it's about being appealing and, um, and profitable because of um, alpha male types. Yeah, the that's the patriarchy thing I wins. I, I see. I get. I get that. Okay, here I'm going to try it because aside from from my pro feminine stance on the objectification of women, right? Aside from that, I think the reason that I get so fucking like tied up in a knot at the idea of that is that okay, I'm going. I'm a regular American Joe. I'm going to fucking go. Uh, flirt. That's what I'm thinking I'm doing. I'm going to go flirt right. with the hot waitress. This is my chance to flirt with a hot girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nobody means it. You don't mean it. You don't know this person. You have nothing to flirt with them about. They're doing they don't their know job. You. That's the thing. It's all a fucking act. It's such a big performance. It bothers me on both sides of it that somebody would be willing to be told lies about themselves and how rad they are by a server who's being paid to do it. Um, it bothers me because it's so without substance. I guess that's the way I'll phrase it. It feels like a sham. It feels like it isn't real. It's all an act. And I don't know what dismal loneliness is. So I can't say that I'd be willing, that I'll never be willing to go through that performative act. But I feel like I have enough people in my life that know me that I can talk to, mm-hmm. that I can like have intimate relationships with both you know well i'm married so it's fucking romantically but like i like flirting i think flirting is super fun but i don't do it with people that i don't know you know what i mean there's Mm -hmm. people that i know that i know i like to flirt with them and they like to flirt with me and it's kind of fun and the banter back and forth is exciting but it's because we kind of know each other and we know how to push each other's buttons or we know how Mm -hmm. to either escalate or or de-escalate the tone of the conversation but when it's all fake and performative it feels like horribly lonely like that that would feel so antithetical to why i would presumably want to go to a twin peaks but i guess i don't know dismal loneliness and i don't know what it's like to even like if, if the performative stuff is that important that you kind of that you need to go through that maybe i should not be so quick to be angry at the i don't know whatever the anonymous joe that i referenced earlier but that's i think that exists i mean it's just a higher concentration and they're they're all forced to to be you know aesthetically attractive to everyone in places like that but it happens at at other restaurants and bars especially too i mean there there are you know people that go to bars and and to see certain bartenders or servers and same thing i mean you know they they um you know the users like hey honey hey you know, hey, sugar, is, hey, whatever. But you know what? A, and this is an example, but I can't go. I've never been able to do that. Whenever I've gone to a bar with you, um, this is what I was talking about that one time we were talking about the easy back and forth between strangers. Like I just, if I don't know a person, I have, I feel like I'm being disingenuous or like weird to try and engage with them. So I get that it's not just servers at a Hooters or a Twin Peaks or McNutters, um, <laughs> but it, it's like, it's kind of in the service industry. You're professionally, you're meant to be affable. You're meant to be um, 
a home away from home, right? That's the impression you want to yeah. give. And I'm so weird with fucking people that <laughs> I can't do it, man. It takes it takes at least 15 minutes of sort of sensing things out and getting an idea of what kind of person it is for me to be able to open up. Um, that's 15 minutes like total, right? I yeah. might interact with a waitress at a fucking titty bar, not a titty bar. We'll call them titty bars, Twin Peaks bar. Like yeah. I might have a total of 15 minutes conversation with them over the whole hour that I'm there eating, you know, my, my business lunch. Right. How am I going to fucking, how is it going to go beyond awkward, weird strangers interacting like that, that I can't get over that. That's where I'm at socially. We're not their target demographic. I mean, they're, they're, they're catering to just like any other play. I mean, they're, they're trying to get regulars that, that go there you know even thinking that oh yeah i like the like this this person this one's really friendly to me and i like her and i'm going to come back mm. and see her again and uh, same thing with bars and you know it it happens it it happens here in this neighborhood in the gay bars too i mean i get mm. called the pet names um from you know from bartenders and servers too and sure. you know i mean there's there's nothing behind that um other than just i think it's such a standard in in the industry where it's like you gotta you know you gotta find a way to you know to to get those regulars like coming back and and uh you know the other thing too is that one of the man i would be so bad in the service economy i'm just too yeah that's not for me (laughs) well i mean you know it's kind of we both work customer service um which is you establish a little bit of a rapport but it's not I mean, I guess you want some regulars, but it's not, it's not the same thing. Like we're not, not the same thing. Yeah. We're not, you know, one, like we're not usually flirting with our customers that come in for, uh, you know, CDs, movies, yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever vitamins, vitamins. <laughs> <laughs> and even if we are, we're, they're not, you know, they're, you know, because we're, we're, men they're probably going to get creeped out um anyway sure. but also um on the other end they're not going to be like hey i think i don't know i think she might actually like me which i think <laughs> i you know it it's kind of like just with the adult entertainment clubs and then places like that i'm i wonder even though they may not admit it like do they do they inherently believe they the customers believe that that person is genuinely interested in them that they do they give them in in other words do they give them enough of a belief that in some situation or universe that they might actually be able to hook up with that person and that's what keeps them coming back i imagine i imagine that that must be the case i don't know if it's the intent on the part of the dancer I don't know, but I, I think I imagine that the intent is to create that narrative in the customer. The customer's desire is to create that narrative in their head, which goes back to, I mean, my point earlier that humans, I don't know that I actually made the point out loud. Humans are weird animals. We're mm-hmm. so social. We need, we're so, we're such social animals um, that it causes us to, to play in those sort of imaginary realms like even if it is meaningless and it isn't anything this this really is nothing this interaction that i'm having 
I leave it feeling somehow fulfilled. Um, we need attention and validation also. I mean, and so a lot of times that's, that's what people seek, you know, when, it, yeah. when they do that. And it's like, they're, that's a place, I guess, maybe they feel understood. I mean, I, you know, I went and, and, you know, probably as like a bar regular myself, I mean, yeah, I, I revisit places that are comfortable to me that are True. predictable. Um, but also where I receive some type of validation, whether, however, disingenuous it is or not but just hey i'm happy you're here you know welcome come come on in let me let me give you something and hang out for a while i feel like i'm getting human lessons again from you this is this is helpful for me to remember that fucking (laughs) being a human being is does not need to be fucking weird john you could just talk to people and be fine (laughs) i also but i don't Uh, do that I don't do that for a while. I am still very much, especially in a new place or a place I'm not comfortable with, to stare at my phone, like leave me alone and just, <laughs> yeah. I'll have the cheeky tendies, please. And, uh, <laughs> and the diet, Mr. Thank Pibb. you, Dr. Postmates. <laughs> um, yeah. I, human, human interaction is uh, wild. It's weird to me. I gotta, I gotta get out of my head about it sometimes. Weird, wild stuff. Carson Daly. <laughs> Host of the Tonight Show. Host of the Tonight Show. That was John Daly. <laughs> All right. So for this week's uh, musical selection, so we, this is the first time we're actually jumping into the future a little bit, in the sense of we we've been mm-hmm. doing these. Uh, from the point of reference of our like like high school teenage selves so mm-hmm. even even though some yeah, of these... our, our shared musical experiences right so this kind of jumps ahead about four years and and there's 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 a lot i mean we'll talk about the album and the music itself but i realized a lot listening to this again like what what happened in those four that so those that know me are very familiar with the fact that my memory is shit sometimes and i don't remember when things happened like years or so one thing that music has helped me is is be a a point of relevance to things that happened in my life so like when i hear a song I'm like oh yeah that's the time then blah 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 i remember that experience and oh then that album came out in 1998 so therefore that thing that happened in my life was 1998. Otherwise, I have no idea. Um, so I guess like four years have passed since um, since my leaving El Paso and mm-hmm. embarking on on the college experience, um, college slash life experience. And so we have uh, uh, Jets to Brazil's um, orange <laughs> orange rhyming dictionary, which is their their first release that was a yeah that was a this was a hard record for me yeah and i don't know i don't you and i didn't discuss this i was going to challenge myself to talk about this record without talking about um the frontman's previous band because yeah. i think that that's important to put out into the universe i guess mm-hmm. this this is a standalone separate thing 
And I really, really wanted to like this record because I was a big fan of uh, the band before this one, that mm -hmm. the singer was in before this one. And I, how did you, how did you uh, come into Jets to Brazil? Um, I don't remember. I think you told me that this band, you know, that this record was coming out mm. and it was, um, you know, it was the person from this previous band. Why we shouldn't do this. It's just, it's Jawbreaker is the yeah. band. I, this is, this feels good, weird yeah. and performative to actually now not talk about it. <laughs> I'm not going to talk about Jawbreaker, but we can reference the band. Yeah. Right. Uh, so, you know, I remember you, you telling me that that was coming out, but I'm, I'm also like trying to think again, like where I was at this point. Um, I believe I was still working at the, the record store where I may have moved to the video you store. You would be at Suncoast at that point, at the video store. Okay. Because 98 was when I moved to your place in Austin. That's right. That summer. Yeah. And that's what, that was one of those uh, anchored to it memories. Yeah. Okay. So that, yeah, then that would have been, that would have been when you were at Suncoast. Yeah. It was, uh, I, I, I thought that you had already heard about Jets to Brazil by the time I mentioned them to you, but it doesn't matter. Um, my sister was the one that told me that this was coming out and I was pumped because I had expectations and then totally, I, I mean, I knew I wanted to like it. I knew it was something that, that I was supposed to like, but I just couldn't get over my own hangups, but I kept on with it and kept on with it. And eventually this record in particular, um, I don't know. I like it. Uh, this is weird to say there's things about it. I don't like, mm -hmm. <laughs> excuse me. There's like, I don't, uh, you know, I don't want to be an asshole, but I don't care for that kind of bass playing that style of mm -hmm. bass playing. I, I don't care for it. Um, there's nothing holding down the bottom end. There's um, kind of this, what feels like the early use for Blake, for the sing for the guitar player. Like, I, it's like he's never used a wah pedal before mm -hmm. and now decides, oh, and now I'm, now I, now I'm a wah pedal guy and I'm going to play with it a lot. Like, I feel like it's overused at times in this record and I don't like the bass playing. The drummer's fucking great. Um, the, the Blake's voice is different and it seems like he's really overselling an affectation. Mm -hmm. it sounds like it sounds more, more English, more British. Yeah. Um, you can hear in his, in some of the, you know, like the O-N. Like yeah, a, yeah. a point, a pound or something. He does a weird affectation with those. He does. There's all these little things about it that uh, to this day, I still don't like, but I think I like this record more than any Jawbreaker record. Yeah. I like Jawbreaker songs a lot more, I guess. That's not really the right way to phrase that. I Jawbreaker is still a, a preferred band, but this particular record I think is is I've listened to it so many times because I tried and tried and tried to get over my hangups and I eventually did. Mm -hmm. And I love this record like a lot. It's such a good record and it feels like, um, I guess we could take it a step back and just say that to, to the listener that hasn't heard it, that Jawbreaker is sort of a pop punk band. Mm -hmm. It leans kind of heavily into the, um, at the time, um, 
some emo sensibilities, emo of the time. Right. But, but this record, this is the band immediately after that, that, that the singer is in immediately after Jawbreaker. Um, it's like a rock record with, with more post hardcore influence in it. Like there's a lot of hardcore breakdowns in it, which are great, but there's this sort of weird British pop kind of voice mm -hmm. over it. And um, it's not traditional song structures. Like it's, there's, it's a lot more challenging to, to hear how, what really is the verse is three parts make up the verse. Yeah. It's not just a verse is this one part. There's like sections of the verse and to get your mind queued up and ready to go with them on that trip that he takes you on um, was a challenge for me. And now because I invested so much work into this record, I, I fucking love it. I think it's such a great record. And I, I know people don't like real jawbreaker fans at the time didn't like this no. record. But I think this was like the biggest selling record on Jade Tree Records at the time. Maybe yeah, it still I is. Right. I don't know. Like that thing sold a lot of records, but all the Jawbreaker fans that I talked to didn't like it. Um, and except for a few, like I think about Jim was like, now this record's amazing. And I didn't want to agree with him, but I kept trying. I wanted to agree with him. I mm -hmm. wanted him to, I wanted to be as high minded about it as he was and just say, let the, let Blake move on to do something else and don't mm -hmm. expect the old, the old stuff and um it just took me a long time to get to that point but i eventually grew up i'm glad i did this record's great everybody should everybody should listen to it yeah i uh i, I think what i realized is that um it was almost as if my my personal um i guess arc of of music listening uh, was along a very parallel trajectory to where, you know, it felt like he went from the time of the last Jawbreaker record to this. And so, yeah. like, I, you know, we were listening to what we were listening to. And then, you know, when I, when I went to Austin, I, I met people that were into other stuff that were into Britpop or they were into the Smiths and the Cure and, yeah. um, you know, stuff like that. And, um, you know, there, there were things I didn't realize also time-wise that things that were kind of going, going on at the same time, like the, like, um, sunny days, how it feels to be something out came out in this yeah. year also, which means yeah. they'd already done two records. Yeah. So a lot of people like to say, oh, this is a, this is a precursor to, you know, emo, but it was existing alongside of it. And I think, yeah. you know, I, because I didn't, I didn't get into sunny day real estate when they started. It was after the fact when at the same time as this. With okay. How it feels so to you, be something on. yeah. When did you, so that like in 98, like when how it feels yeah. to be something on came out. Okay. That was the first album that I heard of theirs. Gotcha. Um, and so, um, yeah, I mean, I just kind of felt like almost like he was listening to the same things that I was listening to in that yeah, in yeah, yeah. that time frame and and this is what he came up with you know in terms of the songwriting uh, because it's not I, I don't know like it doesn't feel um 
it felt like he made it made a point to be like almost to to sever you know the memory of jawbreaker and yeah, all yeah. What he listened to and it's really interesting because a lot of people that that were that were like big time like mainstays and stalwarts in in like this post-hardcore it's like well what what were they listening to you know before that it's like yeah. you know you think about bands like uh you know like nirvana or uh well, like what well what did they listen to what were they listening to growing up and so i think this record kind of reflects that um more so than you know the 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 product that jawbreaker became because you know i think musicians get yeah. to a point to where they're 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 in in a business they're you know putting out a product as their business and that's you know, so when you have a signature sound, that's what you continue to put out. But that doesn't yeah, mean yeah. You, you only listen to that. You listen to other stuff. Totally. The it's a more it feels like a it, well, it's a more melancholy record mm-hmm. than anything Jawbreaker did. Um, it feels a little more sincere. Like I think that kind of goes along with what you're saying. Like he's these are. It, I don't I don't know all the fucking details, but Jawbreaker was. I think a very contentious band. They had, there were a lot of bad feelings amongst that crew. Oh yeah. Um, like with the band. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't get along. Um, and so this feels like um, kind of a release. Uh, the, the whole record feels very much more sincere to me than any Jawbreaker song does, which is funny because Blake Schwarzenbach, just like you were talking about Sunny Day earlier, just like Jeremy Enoch, both of them, became these sort of um, indie or punk kids, you know, emotional punk kids, depressed punk kids. These were the messiahs to them. Like I, because their, their, their lyrics are great and, and they're thoughtful and introspective um, and really kind of tugged at the heartstrings of a lot of uh, angsty. Uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Depressed like yeah. emo kids. And so he's, this record really does feel like he's like, I'm done with that and I'm trying something different and it's going to be even more introspective and it's going to be even more um, melancholy than all the pop punk I was doing earlier. And um, it definitely turned people off. It turned me off at first. I had to force myself into liking it and I'm really glad that I did, but it's not a, it's not a totally easy listen to for anybody because his lyrics are much more abstract. Yes. Um, very they're definitely not it's not shudder to think for those that didn't like shudder to think it's not like that but it's also uh, meaning which are absolutely absurd lyrics in that band um, mm-hmm. this one there's there's a story to be told you can tell it's all metaphor it feels random but you can tell there's a story in there that he's trying to tell it, um, in in all of these songs I yeah I really the melodies aren't like super saccharine they're not the catchiest melodies until you've listened to them a few times and you sort of succumb to it and you're like oh this is such a great fucking melody and this breakdown and it feels like a rock record that was another point i was going to make mm-hmm. earlier when i was saying that it feels like brit pop and hard post hardcore emo but it feels like a rock record that's incorporating elements of all these other genres um which i also didn't like i didn't want it to have such a 
bam, damn, chicka, chicka, damn, damn, kind of a vibe to it, but it did. I was like, I don't <laughs> like this, but they were doing it anyway. And I had to kind of, that's not the, that's not the vibe through the entire record, but um, it does appear a lot of times. It really feels like, um, like he's trying to create a different genre almost. And um, they released three records. I mean, he did a great job with yeah. what he did. He eventually drops the guitar and just, I think he's just a piano player and a you know, singer and piano player for the band for the last couple of records worth of music. Yeah. I don't actually remember. Because this record, I like this record so much more than, was it Perfecting Loneliness? And um, I don't remember the name of the third record. Oh, it's uh... your your issue with your issue with years is my issue with fucking names in bands, song titles and and record titles. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I have images of the record cover in my head, but four four corner night, four corner night. That's it. That's the one with the bird on it, right? Yep. Yeah. See, that's how I know these records. <laughs> oh. It's the one with the bird on it. <laughs> oh, there's a lady on it. No, an actual bird. I thought you were going to do a Mario, like a Mario and Luigi voice. <laughs> this is the one with the bird. Um, yeah, Orange Rhyming Dictionary is fucking great. Uh, last song, I don't, I don't even, I don't, I would not recommend listening to the last song. I don't like it, but that's because it has acoustic guitar. And I think we've talked about this before. Me and acoustic guitar don't have a great relationship. Um, uh, that's interesting because that's, for a long time, that, that's been my favorite song on the album. Really? No yeah. shit. Wow. Holy cow. Or maybe, I don't know. Maybe that's, I don't know if I can say favorite. It's hard for me to say favorites anyway. Sweet, that's, that song is called Sweet Something or something sweet? Uh, sweet Avenue. Sweet Avenue. There because it is. that's yeah. the very, like, the sh- that's the, the sugary, the one sugary, deliberate saccharine yeah, it is. album yeah. on that. And it's almost kind of, like, i read like a bunch of different like reviews and interviews and and i think the one that captured it best was that this was kind of you know he 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 they made this album and you know knew it was going to be you know maybe a bit contentious like Mm -hmm. unconventional kind of like like you said like trying to start this new thing and so this was his his last thing of being like you know what i've i've earned making this little like pop rock song and here it is and it's yeah. just there you have it it's great you know there you go and i don't i guess because of its deliberateness because it's not it, it's kind of the the anti rest of the record it is vastly different from the rest of the record and you know what that probably has that more than i'm blaming it on the acoustic guitar but yeah. the fact that it is so different from the rest of the songs on that record is probably the reason i don't like it yeah uh, and by the way, when I say I don't like it, I would still listen to this song before I listen to. I'd probably listen to that song before I listen to Jaco Pastorius again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. it's all a it's all a fucking moving target with me. Um, the the size of the pie changes regularly, swells and then recedes. Sometimes I love it and then I don't like it. I I do like I do like that song, just not relative to the rest of that record. Um. Also, like as a as a person that likes music and that likes to be sad, you know, I like to listen to sad music when I'm sad. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, as we talked about before, maybe the first episode that all pop songs, rock songs are basically just about like three or four different 
three or four different emotions, you know? Oh, yeah. Uh, and so uh, for a long time, this would Hungry, be Hungry, like, horny. Uh, yeah. I don't know any the, other ones. <laughs> I, I need to write that down because... That's an like arrested people, development people have uh, People have mentioned that to me, just, you know, like listeners that I interact with. And I'm like, man, I don't, I don't remember what that was. Um, I guess it was somewhat memorable. But um, <clears throat> so this would be in like my, would find its way into like my hopeful playlist, like, you know, mm. because it's, it seems appreciative, but um, I think lately it's made, made its way into the other, like the sad playlist, because this mm. is like, it seems um, too idealistic because it's so sweet, you know? Interesting. It's like, well, this doesn't, this doesn't actually exist because it's, it's not, you know, like I said, maybe the ideal of what we still yeah, want. The, the exercise but... of creating this sort of sweet feeling, mm -hmm. right? The act of creating this song about that in and of itself is sad because it's not something that's attainable. Right. I'm going to be listening to Sweet Avenue now. <laughs> did you not when you listened to it? Did you stop on the re-listen? No, no, I, I did re-listen. I did. I did. Oh, no, and I went, curious. oh, yeah, this is, yeah, this is the song. Let me go back to Sea Anemone again. I fucking love that song so much. Um, that might be my favorite song on this record is Sea Anemone. Yeah, that's a good one. Um. Let me look at the track list, actually. I don't know. I'm just kind of, I, for me, it's just kind of out, out, out of the gate. You know, the first one, the, um, oh, curtain called? something or other. Yeah. Cra no, cra uh, not curtain, crown of the valley. Right. Yeah. Uh, also, so Chinatown I, I, is great too. Chinatown's amazing. I think, um, Conrad is fucking great. Yeah. Uh, I look back at this. They're all long songs too. Uh, the shortest song on here is three minutes. If there's five minute songs all up and down this thing, it, it takes a, it takes some time and dedication to the cause to listen yeah. to these songs. I, um, I, I guess like maybe one of the, <clears throat> one of the last things I'll say about this is that I, I, I complain a lot about, uh, about more more prominent bands uh, and you know worship of their their singer their front people you know I, mm -hmm. I openly talk shit about Pearl Jam all the time because mm -hmm. you know I'm like everyone so uh, so you know in enamored of Eddie Vedder Edward yeah. Vedder and um, you know, I just, I was like, well, I don't, I get what he means to the band and as a lyricist and all that other stuff, but I just don't think he's a good singer. Yeah. And I, I kind of empathize with them a little more now because I sort of feel the same way about, about, but like, he's not, he's not the best like you know he, he's not he's not opera trained he's not uh mm -mm. you know it, it's not it it's not gonna be uh he doesn't have like one of the great indie rock voices of all nope. time i mean he's on on pitch most of the time it's fine but 
there's something about the other than the things you know that are, that are kind of odd sounding like the the you know inflections and the pronunciations yeah, but he's a, a good example of <clears throat> someone that's a great vocalist for the you know the the song that they're that they're writing yeah uh i don't know if auteur is the right word it kind of is because he he can't be plugged into another band you couldn't right. say all right and you know the foo fighters are going to be fronted by blake schwarzenbach that would not <laughs> go well it's it, he only does his things and mm -hmm. if if those that listen to this record want to delve back um to you know listen to uh to jawbreaker the the four records that they have his voice is it changes mm -hmm. from unfun through dear you um it changes through there you can hear where his voice starts and understand why his voice sounds the way it does mm. he started off being in a punk band and there was a i don't know how much of that is natural and how much of that was intentional but there's a gravelly raspiness to everything that he's done um it, the earliest record is sounds like fucking teenagers because i think they were teenagers when they yeah. did it um and i don't know a lot of teenagers to just make that that have that kind of gravel naturally i think that he really slayed his throat yeah. for a long time um, and so what you have by the time jets to brazil comes around is a result of that um and it's just how he sings it's a very unique sound it, there's a graveliness to it um there's a woodiness to it kind of a i don't know i i can't i, I can't describe to a listener without uh, the, what i'm trying to convey because it, it i I use my hands to describe it around the edges of the note. It feels fuzzy. It feels um, gritty. Yeah. Um, and, but in that is sort of like this breathiness to it. Also, it's it's an interesting voice, and people have tried to sound like him um, mm. and make it sound like that was naturally their voice, but it isn't. His is the only voice that sounds like that. I just saw them perform. I just saw Jawbreaker perform. Mm -hmm. Uh, was that last that was last month and his voice sounds like a more weathered and trained not trained experienced version of of even what's on this record it's still gravelly and it's still airy and 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 gritty but you know he's in his 50s now and it's with confidence that it comes mm -hmm. out and it's a it's a it's an interesting voice it's not um as off-putting as say Shudder to Think's voice or or Rush's right. voice is to like the average listener either. Mm -hmm. um, I think you can listen to this and and say, wow, he's um he sounds like a gritty, moody person that's hanging out at a bar smoking a lot of cigarettes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 a very uh that's a very great uh description. Not a falsetto uh, Juilliard student. <laughs> <laughs> well, even like if you look at Getty Lee over the years, you know, obviously, as we all do, lose some of that top end range, and and oh, yeah. you know, the songs are now written. If you listen to the last like few several albums, um, they're more you know in in the mid ranges of that, but he still has yeah. you know that characteristic voice. 
Yeah, um, it's still a very it's still a very Getty Lee voice, um, which can thing, be a little off putting. Yeah, <laughs> the one thing they don't do is they don't. Do, so they'll just either not play those songs or, you know, alter the, you know, the vocal lines a little bit for its range. Like they don't, you know, they, they don't tune down for the song. Right. I, I, I know. Yeah, he just changes of, the register in which he sings those notes. Right. Yeah. yeah. Which is, yeah. sorry, that's a, that's a music nerd thing. Um, it is really unfulfilling to people who don't give a shit about that kind of stuff. Um, and also really unfulfilling to a Rush fan when you're hearing him like bring things down two octaves. <laughs> That's not the way that comes, dude. <laughs> um, well, on that note, um, I think that's a, that's a good uh, place to wrap us up. Do you have any, uh, do you have any last uh, thoughts, requests? Um, mm, no. Shouts out, shout outs no. or shouts out? Shouts these are not Whoppers Jr. Whoppers. It's shout outs. Burritos. The shout out <laughs> is the thing. It's not a qualifier of the shout. Out is not a qualifier of the shout. Um, no, I don't have anything. I got nothing. Uh, it's always a pleasure to chat with you, though. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> we don't have. We don't. We don't care anything about anything other than ourselves on this podcast. Absolutely. I got. I got nothing. Um, <laughs> there was a. Uh, I captured a screenshot from a lyric from. Um, one of the Shits Brazil songs, it's from King Medicine, and the lyric is uh, Foul Weather Friend, you are so mm. dying, an amateur chemist now. King Medicine, when is it perfect? Where is it leading you? I'm like, oh man, shouldn't name the podcast Foul Weather Friends. Foul, foul Weather Friends is pretty good. That's fucking great. It's never it's, too late to change up. That, <laughs> that, yeah, probably the, uh, the three listeners are probably won't notice. Yeah, I have a feeling, I have a feeling it'll go unnoticed. <laughs> But I guess that's that that would be by definition a better friend, right? Because a foul so. weather friend would be someone that's there when it's really shitty. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'll be your foul weather friend. <laughs> when things are going well, don't bother me. But when things are all fucked up, call me. <laughs> right. I, I don't want to need any of this. We'll talk about know. Twin Peaks. We'll talk about titty bars for the third time today. And now I want to open a bar called Lost Highway. <laughs> Mulholland Drive. <laughs> uh, you open up one right next to a Twin Peaks and call yours The Return. Oh. Firewalk with me. You call it Firewalk with me. <laughs> like a David Lynch land theme park where we could, that all this could be a reality. We just need, we just need investors. I'll let you work on that. I well with like legalization of weed, like you have a weed parlor right next door to a Twin Peaks, right? So you go to Twin Peaks to see boobs, and then you go next door and get real fucking high with red curtains and black and white <laughs> tiled floors, fucking weird people in there, just all the fucking weirdos getting high together in the same room. That's what it is. We need to call it like Lost Highway Bar and Grill, like with the E on the end, <laughs> or. Most highway chop house and wing in, road, road in apostrophe wings, wings. like with it's a Z a roadhouse and wings. Cause you want that. You want the demographic to feel right. like, no, this is where some shit's going to go down. 
Some fucking early is about to happen in here after I have my wings. <laughs> um, always a pleasure, John. Thank you so much Thanks. for being a part of this. Um, You're welcome, man. Thanks for having me. Enjoy the rest of your day. Eat some lunch. You too. Good luck editing all of this into something sensible. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of Fairweather Friends. Don't forget to click subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. Feel free to connect with us by leaving us a voice message at anchor.fm slash fairweatherfriends. Also, you can connect with us on social media.